0: Welcome to the Wodesman Podcast, catching up with all things bushcraft, wild camping and the great outdoors. So, sores. Sores, (laughs) yeah. What a subject.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is one of those rabbit holes that we could just descend into and get all nerdy about like tooth positions and pull versus push saws and
0: yeah <laughs> i think to start let's start at basic and uh, just there's so many different types of saws, isn't there
1: yeah i um, think this is one that we could get in hot waterfall because there's a big there's a big uh sort of internet fight isn't there there's there's lots of bushcraft d- debates yeah like don't batten batten yeah like axe <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, uh, should be
1: carry a max. Yeah, sh-
0: should you just have a saw? Should you just have a knife? Should you have none of these things? Um,
1: yeah, and then there's the old <laughs> like there's the console war between uh, Bacco and Silky, aren't there? There's yes. the, the people who um, claim that there's no other saw to be carried than the Baco, and others who claim that the Silky is the master race and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, and there's twos and pros to both, and pros and cons to both.
1: And that's it. And and our podcast is not about bashing anyone. We use no. both silkies and backhoes. Yeah, we I'm use
0: also using whatever.
1: Yeah, absolutely, we use all sorts of saws. I actually opted for a bow saw on this trip. Yep, you've got the, um, what is it, the Boreal? Boreal 21, yep. yeah, and it's a brilliant saw. And like, for an extended trip, that's the one I would take.
0: Yeah, really cool, I love the design of that. It just flat packs so nicely, but it also means you can cut through some really sizable bits
1: of wood with minimal effort. Yeah, it's a beast, and the teeth on it are really vicious, they're really nice and uh I'm, i actually liked it so much that i i've bought a 15 inch saw blank nice. just the, just the blade yeah and me and my dad are actually working on a frame for it so we're nice. gonna make a folding buck saw with walnut and I love that. A, make a sort of 15 inch slightly shorter more compact version of the boreal um and yeah it should should be pretty awesome well
0: what's really awesome about them as well is um they're so safe um to yeah. use as well um Compared to something like a folding saw, where you've got, you know, uh, a, quite a large blade with uh, quite aggressive teeth in close proximity to your hand, and it can quite easily skip out. Um, you know, I know that can happen with the bow saw as well, but with good positioning, you can avoid that um, a bit easier. And uh, you know, they say in the arborist world, um, more injuries happy with silk and more accidents <laughs> <laughs> happen with silky saws. Um, than they do with chainsaws really yeah so uh, oh wow just much more common mistake you know just a big laceration in the hand with a silky on the pullback
1: i guess it's quite it easy it's quite easy as well to become a bit complacent complacent with a yeah. saw um yeah. not a chainsaw because the chainsaw you're aware that that thing will take your leg off
0: yeah well well that bit me today didn't it you know really um, yes
1: yeah we both got little little scratches on our hands today from our saws. Yep. Mine, I just grabbed the wrong bit of my saw when I picked it up, yep. um, because obviously I had it, I was using it, and um, I just ran my finger on the blade, just really lightly, and it's not a bad cut at all. No,
0: still enough to warrant like. a caution though isn't it
1: <laughs> yes yeah it just reminds you that it's sharp and it should be treated like a knife or an axe or or any, th- any other tool with a sharp edge yeah but then you you cut yours didn't you on uh, your silky yep
0: yeah so I've got the gil uh, the Gilky. I've got the silky gomboy um, which is a folding saw really really nice um, but unfortunately when I was using it earlier today the mass of some timber shifted just on the final kind of few pull strokes and it pinched the blade and snapped the first kind of inch and a half to two inches off the top of the blade which left a really nice um sharp kind of edge that when i then closed the saw it basically one of the teeth stuck in my finger and obviously as i was closing it it couldn't <laughs> well <laughs> I couldn't the teeth were sort of off yeah hanging off, off a bit weren't yeah, they and so um yeah. not where they should have been <laughs> no so yeah it was pretty bad and that kind of brought up the discussion on this on the on the kind of on the point, didn't it, really, about tempering of blades and whether, um, you know, is the silky maybe too hard? Um, Does it not bend enough? And it leads to different questions because you've had experience with the same, haven't you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think we'll touch on this briefly at the start before we look at, like, safety around saws, how to use saws effectively, yeah, um, things like that. But I've had a silky. I've got two. I use one of them all the time. It's my carving saw. Um, yeah. because it cuts really nicely, it cuts, leaves a clean clean cut, and it's in my carving kit constantly. Really precise cuts. Really precise, and I love it. Um, and I've got another one that I bought because i liked my carving one so much i wanted one for the woods mm-hmm. because it cuts so quick yeah and like rippers you can't take it away from silky they know how to make a saw that works yeah
0: um, that's it uh, despite that with my gomboy, it's still working an absolute beast it's just like a little sawn off saw absolutely which is funny. um and they
1: work they work a treat and really really good so i bought that one um that silky pruning saw i can't remember the model now it wasn't a gomboy just one of silky's other ones it also had a curve on it a bit like yours which made it really efficient for cutting but the same thing happened i was felling some trees and just it got unfortunate like the weight the mass of the tree just shifted slightly to the side trapping the blade and cracked the the top inch off the saw and if the same thing had happened with a backhoe or a, a different folding saw that has a softer temper and doesn't hold an edge as long doesn't cut as quick but is more pliable yeah actually bends it would bend yeah and i've got more bent right tips on all my backos and yeah. you get people on the internet who say oh you're just using it wrong oh it's user error and yeah that that is like the case but actually you've got to think about these saws are built for use in the wilderness well the the backos are
0: yes the yeah, silkies the aren't
1: there. the silkies are designed primarily for for pruning and for for the arborist world world, for efficiency and things like that so they're designed to cut quicker whereas um, what we do is actually we're we're really beaten on our saws like we've cut hundreds of staves today with our saws we're we're
0: in our uh, little independent shelters that we've both made with kind of A-frames all out of birch and pine and we've thatched it with kind of a really really deep kind of foot foot and a half even more maybe of leaves um, really nice and waterproof and it's yeah it's it's testament to um, both the blades you know the amount of work they've done yeah Um, the
1: silky cut great like it's
0: so fast it's it's a ripper absolutely shreds Um, and again it's a really versatile tool Um, but it's it's a it's a shame that that blade um snapped like that because you know if you're reliant on that you wouldn't want that to be the case which is another really you know important point with with tools you want them to be reliable and I'm not saying that it's n- not a reliable tool it's just that that flaw leads me down the path of thinking I need something that's a bit more flexible a bit so we, more robust yeah so we discussed the, the even the possibility of trying to put a laplander blade on the gomboy so I'm going to experiment with that as well
1: yeah no for sure and I think like I, I i see people's point when they're like oh it's it's down to the user you have to just be really careful how you use them but actually trees do shift their weight when they fall and things like that and and your blades do pinch as, uh, as as careful as you can be to to relieve the pressure on the blade as you cut at times your blade will get pinched
0: yeah absolutely and i think that um you know that's a really important point you make despite um anyone's kind of best efforts things are going to uh, happen unexpectedly, and let's say if you're living up a tree that's already felled, even uh, one of the branches is bound to be on the ground, and you can put a back cut in it and saw from the top, with the hope that the pressure of that back cut's released, and it will still pinch. Um, yeah. You know, so every scenario is independently different, um, and yeah, it just uh, does lead that question about reliability and um, sometimes speed of A task getting done shouldn't always kind of outweigh uh, the risk of that tool breaking and doing so, you know? Yeah, and Um, um, you want to be able to do it continuously again and again and again.
1: That's exactly it. And I think where that argument of, oh, well, you just have to be careful with your saw, that's fine for the first day you're out. Yeah. But the more reliant you are on your tools, is the long uh, you become more reliant on your tools the longer you're out, yeah, and the more tired you are. And if you are doing a survival type scenario, we are simulating a survival scenario here. We've got a bow draw fire that we've lit the, the the fire with, we've got natural shelters that we've built in a day, and we are doing this to, to train and to get better. Um, but we are relying on our tools and we're doing that whilst we are tired, we're physically, yeah, tired. And when you are bushcrafting, you're not always going to be. Fully, fully, as accurate with with your saw, or as careful with your saw as you will be in an arborist situation, or when you're pruning uh, coppice yeah. hazel for, for a couple of hours, or um, so it just brings into that 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 communication maybe design things, and actually the Silky yes. is brilliant for what it's designed for, and I love it, and I think it's a fantastic saw. As a carving saw, I would 100% recommend it. As a arborist saw, 100% it cuts like a dream. For coppicing, again, it's great. It actually works
0: like a dream again. And for bushcraft, um, if you've got the capacity to replace blades and you're not gonna be out on longer trips, um, by all means, you know, make your life easier and use it. But if you're thinking about having something on a longer trip or something in your kit that you just want reliability, then, maybe it's worth uh, just having a little play with other things. I've used m- a few different saws in the past. I've used ones by like Flora. there's one by that robanss or I can't, I can't remember the the exact name um, but there's quite a few just you know generic ones that you can pick up on Amazon for 15 quid, 20 quid down at the garden center i've I even had a bright yellow one i can't remember the brand of it and yeah they, they uh, they've all worked really, really well, you know quite a similar type of mechanism where it's got the kind of folding locks on the handles and they fold into themselves yeah um, and they're a good tool to just get used to actually for the for sure um,
1: I've got so much use on my Baco Laplanders landers yeah. that they've all, all the paints come off them <laughs> like because I've got three of them one I haven't used yet nice and I've put it in my kit for teaching carving Awesome, um, and the other two I've got serious hours behind yeah um, and I switch them up I, I put use on one then I'll put it away and use the other one mm-hmm. Just to, so the use isn't all just going on one blade so I switch between the two and then I use my silky if I'm going to be doing more carving stuff more precision or I want a bit more of a faster cut Yes. Um, but if I'm out bushcrafting I will normally be found with my Bakker Laplander on my hip it's cheap well they're getting a bit harder to find at the moment due to the pandemic so I've noticed the price has gone up above sort of 25 quid whereas previously i got mine for i think 16 pounds yeah they were always kind of sub 20 weren't they yeah so now they've definitely gone up in price i guess either from steel supply or 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 maybe even just popularity yeah or production costs and production costs yeah so i've noticed they've got a little bit more expensive but they're certainly reasonably priced um, and I would say definitely a good beginner's saw
0: yeah and they're not too long either um, no they don't get in the way uh, that's one thing about the silky gumboy it's quite a long the one I have especially is quite a long blade so well that not anymore be, no that's it <laughs> that might be part and parcel as to why it snapped as well because you've got that extra little bit of length to play with that's it um, so you know you, you can take on bigger things uh, so you get a little bit like we said before overconfident and yeah uh, Yeah, even when you are doing everything perfectly, it can just change (laughs) in an instant.
1: So it's just something to be aware of. And I'm coming at this from a perspective of actually seeing multiple silkies snap.
0: Yeah, well, I have. I've seen um, Craig from East Anglian Bushcraft. I've seen the tip of his crack snap off the exact really? same as mine yeah and he had the longer one
1: Yep, and mine snapped um, year, a, a couple of years ago but actually I was on a course as an assistant um, and one of the clients brought a saw like that building shelters same as we are today yes. and it snapped and it actually shattered oh, the whole blade and it, it could have been quite dangerous yes. and yes it, it probably was being used beyond its design capabilities but it's just something to be aware of we're not bashing the saw we we love the saw we yeah. think it's great <laughs> it's awesome um, it's just be aware if you use a silky watch yeah. the tip yeah watch the temper <laughs> don't bend
0: it um, they're brittle in the sense of um i guess their tensile strength is uh you know not as they haven't got that flexibility of the the backhoe and and it's a, a point that tom actually raised earlier that's really really good and interesting it's about the sharpness. Like silkies really retain their edge incredibly well because of that um, little bit of a, I guess, a higher temper, a higher temperature when when forging. And uh, yeah, the Laplanders you can soon feel uh, <laughs> the wear on them, can't you? In you terms can. of, they sharpness. get less efficient. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's um, you know you can buy replacement blades for the for the Laplander. Yeah, they're not too expensive. Um, so. The same with the Silky, but it is something again to watch out for. That with the Laplander, the the other side of this is if you're going for something that's uh, not as quick and efficient as the Silky, um, which also lasts a bit longer. Yet the flip side is if it's going to be a bit more robust, it might not perform as well over a longer period of time.
1: Be more tiring to cut the same amount of wood with a yeah. backhoe than a Silky. I think that's a fair fair point to make.
0: Yeah. Well, they have a different tooth profile as well, don't they? They
1: do. Yeah, they do. Uh, A much larger tooth on the silky.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a a much steeper angle I've noticed on the um, on the actual on the teeth, the bevel of the tooth. Yeah. It's a lot steeper, so I think it just rips that tiny little bit more. They're quite a sharp tooth naturally.
1: Exactly, and I so I think on this argument that I've seen so many people shouting at each other about their favourite saw and I think use what you like yeah don't worry about what other people say but just be aware that they have different design properties that that are both pros and cons and it's up to you to make that pick and then if you go for either one if you go for the backhoe be aware it might cut a bit slower yep Um, be aware that it might not hold an edge quite as long as the silky but you know you've got something that is pretty reliable and then with the silky it will cut amazingly just be careful of not snapping it
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: But they aren't the only two saws on the market. No, no, there's loads. <laughs> and I think we we mentioned the Agua, so I'll quickly co- cover that. The boreal sort of range of saws. I got mine on Tamarack Outdoors, a really good uh, shop for getting new bushcraft gear that that is um, harder to get in the UK. So definitely yeah. worth checking that site out.
0: Yeah, and they actually got my um, multi mat to me. They
1: got it to you in a day, didn't in they? In
0: a day. Yeah, I called them up and they. Um, were really kind to say they could get it to me before 1 p.m. the next day and actually came like about I don't know 10 30 11 Um, yeah absolutely amazing I was I was in need because my other air mat had a slight puncture and I didn't really want to bring an air mat to this woodland um, knowing that we were doing natural shelters Um, so yeah great company so that's where you got your saw yes absolutely that's where I
1: got the boreal you can get and I bought the the spare blade from boreal from Tamarack um, just last week, actually, so that's going to be my project for the next couple of Wednesday uh, afternoons with my dad. Nice. Yeah, uh, sort of Wednesday evenings with my dad in the workshop. Last week we turned a bowl on my mm-hmm. lathe um, that's that really he's cool. restored, he restored it from an old vintage lathe. Um, and yeah, uh, You'll be
0: doing some cool stuff with that.
1: Yes, absolutely, and I'll touch back on my dad uh, and his restorations in a little while because it relates to the topic, but I will just touch quickly on my opinions on the boreal um, I've had it for probably two years now and we used it at the bushcraft show yeah I've used it on a couple of day trips um, I've used it on a couple of courses and I've used it extensively today uh, I've used it a lot um,
0: really impressive saws.
1: it holds an edge like the, the teeth are still razor sharp Yeah, um, it cuts super quick and it's tough yeah and lightweight I think Joe Rabinett he dropped a yeah. tree yeah. on his um, boreal uh-huh. and it bent but he was still able to use it and he felled a tree <laughs> and it fell on it. Um, massive shout out to Joe Rabinett. Um, Absolutely, I
0: was going to say that's where I first saw the boreal saw. It's where
1: I saw the boreal saw <laughs> yeah. and I know that lots of people think that when a channel gets big that they don't need a shout out but actually I love Joe Rabinett's videos, I love his content, he's been a massive inspiration to me and yeah, I think Boreal 21, I wouldn't have got it if he ha- if I hadn't have seen it on his videos.
0: Yeah, really handy um, bit of care.
1: And the work he does with using these saws shows just how reliable yeah. they are because he puts them through the paces. Yeah, definitely. He even uses them for de limbing. He like, smacks them into <laughs> the limb, like into the uh, yeah. little offshoot yeah, branches yeah, and takes them off. Uh,
0: it sneds with them, doesn't he? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, super good saw. It packs up really easy. I'll just grab it because it's within reach. Um, you'll be able to hear this. It's got a really nice lockup. If I just undo the clasp, that's it coming apart. Just stably with it that's all right um, and if you listen to this click it's so easy to put together awesome you can just hear like how well put together that is and the tension yeah. that it puts on that bow or blade so a really good lightweight folding modern folding buck saw yeah. it's funny because
0: um, stanley actually do a smaller <clears throat> kind of version
1: Really? Okay.
0: Yeah, um, that I was looking at, but it doesn't look as well built, um, so it's probably definitely worth investing in one of these ones. Uh, maybe the Stanley would get you through a few nights or you know a camp or two, uh, but this is just so well built. It's and nice, just, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just hitting that and it's kind of U section really good quality steel and it's got a lovely green handle um you can get it in
1: orange as well if you're prone to losing things yeah no that's a good option we're not sponsored by any of these companies we just like their gear we're just talking out of experience really Um, that's it
0: if we were using other stuff we'd be talking about that also
1: so you can get this saw in a 15 inch so i've bought the 15 inch blade i'm going to be making a buck saw so stay tuned on my instagram no doubt in a couple of weeks i'll have a finished 15 inch buck saw with an agua canyon um all-purpose blade so it's actually got rake teeth for using on greenwood yeah um, they're basically little separate really nice teeth. Pattern, actually. and they're I designed for pulling out the green wood fibers that's um, and clearing that cut it's
0: it's really nice actually um buck saws always have have, have had a special place in my heart because uh, there's a similar tool in traditional brickwork that we use which is called a bow saw and it's uh Basically, if you imagine a buck saw but instead of a, a saw blade on the bottom, it has yep. two twists of uh, wire. Right. Really fine wire twisted together, um, almost like a string, like as if you were making cordage. And what do you cut with that? And you cut soft rubbing bricks with that. Right. Okay. Um, to make ornate brickwork. Um, so yeah, I've just I've always they've I've always been surrounded by really similar things and and uh, have used them uh, loads to be honest yeah and uh yeah so bow, bow saws buck saws uh, they're kind of my thing they're you know in my, my dream workshop is to have them everywhere i love that
1: <laughs> well agua canyon also have just released a uh, or not just released but they have released a 24 inch so an even longer saw so nice. this is compact and this is the perfect size for what i need but if you were going to go and do like winter camping hot tenting in canada or something you might want the slightly longer one just to yeah, sure. increase your efficiency but for the uk what i'm doing these things are perfect this is perfect um bow saws buck saws and all that jazz while we're on it both me and liam have one of my dad's first prototype buck saws
0: yeah i was going to say because this is a, a kind of a if uh, a bucksaw saw that doesn't have the upper limbs and a tensioning system like a, a traditional one which is one that tom's dad really kindly made it kind of turned up in the post as a surprise <laughs> um, and it had my kind of custom logo on it and yeah just really nice kind of, we've got a matching set haven't we? we have
1: yeah and uh, i mean the blades in those are just cheap b and blades but we could uh, easily replace them with an agua canyon blade or a different bucksaw blade like a Baco blade um, But the saws work great, and my dad did a great job on on making them. So actually, as a project idea, if you're bored at home and and you've got a workshop and you want a little project, buy yourself a a bow saw blade.
0: Yeah, make a buck saw. Make
1: yourself a nice buck saw to take out in the woods. Yeah. Um, So I'll keep you guys updated on my progress in my 15-inch Yeah, uh, because the
0: one one your dad made is to give you listeners kind of a visual interpretation of it. It's kind of like a a stretched-out H yes uh, wooden frame the blades in the bottom you've got the central bar which is removable um, but anyway so you've got this H with the metal metal blade on the bottom and along the top it's got some really nice twisted kind of jute rope yeah and you put a spindle of wood in there and you twist the rope and then that tensions up the bow and kind of pulls pulls the arms together which, or off, which <coughs> I'll cut, that bit. cut which tensions up the bottom arms and the blade so you can just get it to the perfect tension and it, I should oh it works amazing Now I actually put the blade on uh, back to front the first time or <laughs> on the outside because your dad had engineered it so well with his little pins yeah that I didn't realize you could push those out and then slip the blade inside. <laughs> so I had it on one side and it's still cut a dream <laughs> <which> <laughs> right, is Testament. It.
1: They're good. They're really good, and they're a really fun project to make. and and Dad's promised to show me his techniques for for making those, um, which would be really cool to learn from him because uh, he's really into his woodcraft and not not bushcraft necessarily. He comes with me on my trips, but he's more about his woodworking, his restoration um, restorations, so he, restorations well. and things like that. Yeah. And that brings me on to a, another point. Um, actually, vintage source Yes. Now. Me and my dad have got a whole load of vintage saws that we use all the time.
0: Yeah, he was showing me a few of his collection at the bushcraft show, actually. That's it. And we were looking around the antique shops with him, weren't we? Yes. The, yeah. kind of, uh,
1: the antique stores, <laughs> uh, tool stores, to kind of see if we could pick any up. You can get some really, really good saws. And my dad's found them all at a dump shop. So lots of, lots of times, places where people go and throw away their junk, basically. Yeah. They, they often have, like, a lady or a man there who sells... Things that people have thrown away and they've salvaged because they've noticed that it's a good quality saw or something like that. And he's got some distance, some re- a really good traditional make of saws that someone was just going to throw away.
0: That's amazing.
1: It was all rusty, it was horrible, the handle was all falling off. So he's he's repinned the handle. Love that. Sanded it all down, restained it all, re- re-oiled it with linseed oil, and he's rusted, got rid of all the rust off the blade and uh, put like a a black sort of. Uh, vinegar patina on on the blade yeah, like a gun black almost absolutely like a gun black yeah. and a, a gun bluing and it, it just looks awesome but he's then got a teeth set and he's set the teeth
0: I know oh, when he was telling me this <laughs> I was just like blown away
1: yeah he's learned how to set all the teeth and all the different ratios I, I don't really understand it so I'm not gonna pretend I do no well it's it's kind of that instrument that allows
0: you to push the blade each tooth of the blade a different direction yes the to same make amount, the curve. The, yeah exactly the same distance either side of each other
1: yeah exactly and that makes the 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 width, sort of, width of the bit like of the the cut
0: exactly that yeah. you're
1: making um and so he's he's reset all these saws and then he's meticulously sharpened them all with it with a, a saw sharpening file um, and he's made so many now we've got hundreds not hundreds we've probably got 30 saws that he's restored. Everything from little carpenter's saws, coping saws, to a full-on two-man lumberjack. (laughs) um, Literally old-school, planking saw. saw. (laughs) Um, Down in a pit. Two two people uh, (laughs) over a a saw pit. And um, (laughs) he's actually restored me a one-man cross-cut saw like that, which I was using at the weekend uh, to cut up a whole load of green ash for That's my amazing. carving, I get through a lot of greenwood, don't I, Liam?
0: Yes, oh, um, tons of it. Yeah.
1: You know, it's it's, it's good, though, because, um, you know, the, the recycling
0: aspect of what your dad's doing is really cool, and the recycling aspect of what you do is really cool. Cause we use them together. Yeah, it's, it's this really cool combination and kind of harmony with what you do, and I love it.
1: No, it's great. I so love that
0: you do stuff with your dad.
1: Yeah, well, me and my mum were actually out hiking, and we saw that the... Uh, tree surgeons were cutting down this this ash tree and an oak tree and we made a mental note of where they were and we went back there the next day and filled the car up Uh, they'd chipped most of it but they'd left a couple of really large pieces Um, so we filled the car up with it Um, it was just dumped in a ditch so we were like right we'll have that i'll use that for my carving Uh, my family are such good sports my mum's like oh yeah just chuck it on the back seat it's fine (laughs) Um, and uh yeah i then got back and i used my dad's restored cross cut a one-man cross-cut saw, amazing bit here. Basically, a, a, <laughs> a man-powered chainsaw. Basically, yeah. it like cuts these really kind of
0: curved teeth almost on it. It
1: cuts so viciously, man. A um, lot of hard hard work. Like I, my arms are aching the next day after cutting up that log. Yeah,
0: I can imagine. Um,
1: but a huge saw and a, a beauty. It's a, it's actually I posted a picture on uh, campfire carvings on my Instagram yeah, uh, of that beast. saw. Uh, along with my American felling axe which I was using to split up some of the timber. Uh, So if you're interested in actually seeing the job me and my dad did on that saw, go and have a look at my picture I posted on Campfire Carvings and see what you think. Um, But yeah he's also done me a couple of smaller cross cuts for my carving box um, with smaller teeth that are much more accurate uh so yeah i'm I'm getting a whole whole lot of new saws that i'm going to be trying out but they're actually all vintage they're all sort of antique saws and one he found i'm just going to mention this sorry i realize i'm probably just going on about vintage saws like a nerd i love it Um, i'm really
0: interested (laughs) but he
1: found this one that i'd never seen before and i don't know the name of it i know nothing about it so if if anyone listening knows more than than us it wouldn't be hard but if anyone listening does know more than us <laughs> help us out about this please let me know a bit about it i'd love to know but basically it's a small saw it has a, a, a wooden handle and then it's double-edged okay so it's got a fine tooth for like real delicate work on one side um think smaller teeth than even a backhoe right and then you flip it and then you flip it and it's got like buck teeth on the other end oh wow but it tapers to this really narrow thing I'm, i'll bring it on one of our camps because i reckon right. it'd be a useful <coughs> saw no i can envision it though and I easy, can envision yeah. what you mean that's amazing it's really cool so it's like a two two-sided saw so it's got two different types of saw in one yeah Uh, pretty cool and I've not seen anyone use it in the bushcraft space so maybe stay tuned and we'll get it in one of my videos and with Liam uh, in future.
0: That'd be awesome.
1: We made a sheath for it me and my dad Um, so it's actually got like an an oak sheath that we made for the saw yeah
0: Um, I love your kind of um, wooden sheath designs they're really really cool Um, done a
1: couple for axes as well haven't we? Yeah
0: yeah and that's a that's a good good um, good kind of uh, point to make actually axes are you know there's nothing wrong with using an axe, uh, nothing wrong with using a saw, nothing wrong with using a machete. As long as you're doing it safe, um, there can also be a, a little bit of snobbery about, you know, oh, you're just using an axe, you're, uh, or you you should be using an axe. Or yes. why are you using a saw? Or <laughs> why are you using an
1: axe? <laughs> there can be many uh, 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 times where actually a saw is safer to yeah. use than an axe. Now I'm the biggest axe nerd in the world. Oh, you love them. If, uh, if I could use an axe, for the rest of my life I would like well you've if got an axe with you haven't you I have i brought my small forest axe and for me that's the tool that I will do a lot of work with yeah but there's times where I want to leave a clean cut if I'm coppicing hazel I want to leave a sloped cut off that stool a nice neat cut so the water will run off and it will allow it to grow back. Yes. I don't want to leave like a chipped at, hacked at um, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm overemphasizing this obviously because I would do it as neatly as I could. But there's times where a saw just makes sense. Cutting up firewood in the dark, for example, yes. with head torches. A I source. don't want to be swinging an ax at night with a head torch. Whereas I could very safely, Liam puts his head torch on me, we put maybe our lantern on and we have a nice bit of light i could easily saw up some firewood if i needed to yeah uh, even though it's dark whereas i wouldn't use my axe past sundown
0: no no axes can um, yeah they, they have a time and a place and especially you know when when the alcohol comes out and stuff like that uh, it can get quite easy to have a glancing blow and that's all it really all you need and a saw can just be that little bit more easier to control so I think they have everything has a time and a place and for me you know I've got a, a what you could basically call a machete with me it's yep. a, a gill pin from the brushing cutlass co over in America I won that in a giveaway on Instagram really unexpected actually Tom tagged me in a post <laughs> and um, then yeah just one day just got this message saying yeah. uh, what logo do you want on your uh, on your gill pin blade so definitely go check them out he makes some really cool bits of kit but that, you know, could be really considered quite over the top. Um, but I found it really handy for snedding, um, really handy for cutting up a few bits of hazel and sharpening the end of one of my wife sticks for for my shelter. And it's stuff like that that, again, a saw would struggle to do. You know, sh- making a, a sharp point yeah, on the end no. that would be tough with it. I used my axe
1: for doing that, yeah. and, and your Gilpin and my axe made light work of it. And I think we'll save the big knife discussion for a separate episode. Yes,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, there's it, some people I'd important. like to
1: approach, actually, about that topic and see if we can get a cool guest on for it. But I've, I've got a lot of opinions about a big knife. And I think in the UK, it can be quite unpopular to carry a big knife because we have quite a bad knife crime problem, I guess, in the UK, I would say.
0: Yeah, there's a real bad culture with um, people who just don't respect them as a um, tool. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're not designed to be used uh, the way they unfortunately are and uh, i think that's part of what we're trying to portray on this podcast is about education of of um, the right way to use tools exactly like to me way.
1: it's not a weapon it's a tool no. for, for enabling us to safely be outside um but i think there's a there's a they see me out with a big survival knife that looks a bit military a bit tactical and the immediate assumption is i oh, i'm either compensating for something or um i've yeah. got the wrong in- wrong intentions no I but know. actually they're really useful tools and i i, I don't want to get into this now because actually it, no 100 percent we well could, it, yeah
0: we could digress for
1: hours talk for me. hours because i love knives whether they're small or big yeah and i've got a load of experience with big knives um i talked to alex wonder um, and Grey Mustino from Wonder Tactical all the time. Great guys, really good guys. I have probably four or five Wonder Tacticals. <laughs> Everything from a big sort of survival machete, like a their version of an SE Jungleist, but so with too, their yes. own like design that's doing them a disservice saying, saying that the SC Junglass is great but it's a separate tool from what I'm talking yeah. about I shouldn't have compared the two no I know what you mean though but it's that sort yeah, of size exactly. yeah, just exactly. for, for people yeah. that might be familiar 100%. with the Jungless, they're it's both. Like, it's
0: always hard to reference something is
1: <laughs> yeah they're both amazing tools in their own right but I don't have a Junglass I have the Wanda Tactical sort of in that size uh, yeah. range and I, I, I could, if I was using a one tool option I would probably go for a, an axe yeah but actually i'd be just as comfortable with a large well knife.
0: that's kind of what i've done today i've gone for the large knife you've gone for the axe, and probably next time we do a shelter we'll probably switch that up yeah but it's um definitely one to have in your bag for tasks when the saw doesn't come into it, its own um, which you know saws aren't always uh, going to be the be all and end all in bushcraft but they are an extremely handy asset to have in your backpack um, and well worth thinking about it because you know bow saws are or traditional buck saws a little bit heavier you've got a few more things to go wrong the string could break uh, the wood could split Um, (coughs) multiple things could happen with with your ball reel saw it's pretty much fail safe unless the the blade itself snaps and the packaging or the the way you carry that in you could easily have some spare blades in there
1: that's it i've got a frost (coughs) river saw bag which works really well for the boreal 21 for anyone looking for a bag for their saw
0: love that it's really nice ca- wax canvas isn't it yeah it works really great nice.
1: really nice um
0: and it's yeah i think there's loads just go out and get get yourself a little starter one if you haven't got one you i'd know, start with a,
1: start with the Laplander yeah. or something like that and then see manageable. where you want to progress
0: yeah if there's the silky you can get kind of drawn into the oh you know i want to get one they're expensive really really good cut really fast but they do have their downsides and even in experienced hands um they can number one bite you and uh, (laughs) number two snap that's true Um, so yeah one to watch out for
1: so liam what was your first bushcraft
0: saw um it was i can't remember the brand um so you'll have to forgive me on that but it was just a folding, folding saw that I picked up at my local Wye Vale garden center. And it had a little green handle and a metal clip. It didn't hold closed when it just had a loose hinge. So it didn't hold closed. Um, yeah, closed, it didn't hold at all. So it was just swinging open. <laughs> um, so if you had it in your bag. Little flick saw. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> if you had it in your bag and you didn't realize and you put your hand in there, it could quite have easily. Um, open your hand up so definitely always put your saw away pointing down in your bags guys um, but yeah just had a little metal fastener so it would lock when it was open and I could use it just like a Laplander about the same kind of size had a tiny slightly bigger teeth but quite sharp similar to the kind of silky design and uh, yeah it was actually a really good saw I had to get like an old shoelace that I had and uh, I fashioned a kind of fastening system on the end (laughs) through the eyelet and uh, I drilled a hole through the blade so that then I could feed it through and tie it. It's a good design. Um, And yeah, even though I drilled the hole, the blade didn't, you know, the tip of that didn't snap. I'm I'm fairly certain in my loft that saw will be up there. Probably. Because I still have all my original bushcraft kit from when I was a really, really young kid.
1: So how old were you when you got that? Can you remember? (sighs) Christ. How into your bushcraft sort of journey were you? Um, Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot
0: no I, that's alright probably like 11 12
1: yeah yeah probably pretty a, soon into pretty your... soon
0: into it i think it was one of the first things i got i got a mora and a saw and then after probably a year or so i got an axe um yeah then i got a grand Sours small forest axe and that was my first one i unfortunately don't have that axe anymore and that's lost hanging on a tree somewhere I'm, sh- I'm sure of it still or some lucky bushcrafter has got it <laughs> yeah
1: someone's pride and joy yeah. now
0: which um, I'm, I'm grateful for you I'd replaced ra- it, rather didn't it you? T- yeah i'd rather it get used um but no i've replaced it and i've got another one now but yeah probably one of the first things i, I got i can distinctly remember it and i had a, a yellow and brown kind of hiking shoelace on it
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah and what about you so interestingly like i got into uni when i was at bush uh into uni when i was at bushcraft (laughs) i got into bushcraft when i was at uni so i didn't get into it as young as you i was always outdoorsy i used to go hiking with my parents all the time i loved being outside and i I really had a sort of passion for it but i didn't know it was called bushcraft until university yeah and i got into it through the shooting world Watching videos on YouTube and then discovering bushcraft YouTube channels. Nice. And it was only after that that I then found like the Ray Mears DVDs. After I'd already been in in this sort of YouTube space for a while, watching other yeah people course. like MCQ, Joe Rabinett, um, the kind of OGs. Mike Barton yeah. as well. Really like uh, bushcraft buttons. Any tarot? Uh, tarot, yeah, 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 yeah. He's great. yeah. yeah. yeah I used really to watch channel. them all. Yeah, and I still do. I still do. Um, but yeah, so I I got into bushcraft a bit later than you, but. It was while I was at uni, and the thing that really drew me to bushcraft was the sort of traditional side of things. Yeah. So, I got myself an uh, Mora, nice, and yeah. a TBS knife. Mhm. And they were my sort of first two. Um, I also had a boker, a, a sort Bokeh, of twenty yeah, yeah. quid. It was twenty quid. That Good was nose. my first knife. Good that nose, was my actually. first knife. Thinking about it, it was like a, a hunting knife. Nice. Um, and I used that for probably a year. And then I upgraded to the Mora and the TBS. I used the Mora for carving and the TBS for um, uh, sort of a bit more sort of bushcrafty stuff. And then I sort of discovered Essie and, and got an <laughs> Izula and stuff as a neck knife to go with it. But I didn't have a saw for the first probably two years of my bushcraft interest. Yes. And it was actually... I I used to do everything with an axe. Nice. Because I got an axe pretty early on in my bushcraft because I was watching a a lot of opposite of me. (laughs) Yeah, I was watching a load of Joe Rabinet. I really enjoyed watching him use an axe and it sort of made me think I really want to learn how to do this safely. Yes. So early on I took an axe course. I, I, I spent hours in the garden practicing how to use an axe safely and became really competent with it. For a while I had this whole sort of thing where I was trying to prove to everyone I don't need no saw. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and in
1: the end I was like no I, to be honest a saw is just as useful in, in its own in its own right so I actually then did get a saw but I didn't get what people would expect to be my first saw no. because at the same time I just graduated at uni um, I got a, a gift from my parents of a little bit of money uh, to sort of say well done and I put that towards an order at Adventure Sworn Ooh, and nice. uh, in America and, yeah. uh, and to me they were like the holy grail of knife makers uh, back in, in, in my sort of getting into bushcraft wanted one for the whole time I was at uni uh, couldn't justify it until I graduated so I got um, a Ventressworn knife and while I was ordering that I saw they did buck saws a 20 inch buck saw so I got this lovely wooden buck saw by Ventressworn, still got it, use it all the time at home
0: Beautiful. I don't take
1: it out in the woods as often because I've got the Agua Canyon now yeah it's slightly more uh, less special yeah and that, a bit more weatherproof that makes sense. as well that's it it's like the Adventure Swan is, is lovely but it's got a bit of sort of sentimental value to me now yeah it's your
0: first saw
1: that's yeah. it and, and so I don't like to abuse it whereas the Agua Canyon I smack around bless it um, and uh, yeah so for a practical saw I, I now choose the, the more of a beta saw yeah the Borreo but I still have that in pride of place as one of my top favourite uh, saws and, and tools. That's um, amazing.
0: So when did you progress onto kind of like the Laplander? Was that, that was shortly actually after?
1: Before going on my first uh, course with Paul. Nice. So my first, I, I booked onto the elementary bushcraft course quite, quite a few list. years into my um, bushcraft career, and yeah, it was the recommended saw on the on the kit list, and I didn't nice. want to take a buck saw. I thought no. it would look a bit keen. Um, everyone's rocking up with their little folding <laughs> saw. There's me inch buck saw. <laughs> Not um, the best for coppice. <laughs> no. So so that's when I got my um, uh, Laplander, my nice. first one, uh, to, in preparation for that course, and uh, yeah, uh, really enjoyed it, and have had one ever since. Nice. Yeah, because for quite a
0: while actually, Laplanders were quite hard to get a hold of. I remember right when I was you know young. Uh, really the only place to get them was through the woodlaw shop right um, and um i think i remember correctly that stock was always like a little bit of a hard thing to get hold of i don't know whether they were originally you know european more swedish scandinavian yeah i'm not uh, sure their company you know started getting more stockists over here because they're definitely far more available or were pre-covid um but it's something i need to um now have a look at getting a at one of those blades and see if i can fashion it into the gomboy and then i can interchange it and i can like you when i'm doing work at home if i'm doing a little little carving project or cutting some finer work i can put on the silky blade and when i'm going out on trips and i know i'm going to be putting it right through the paces like this and we're cutting hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> logs then we're going to be uh, swapping it over to the laplander um, but yeah really interesting stuff saws have who knew saws could have so
1: much to they say are, about them they, they have know. there's so much to say about them and actually we've, we've only scratched us out we, we have <laughs> we have and i like just saying about Baco there has just reminded me actually when we're volunteer, when i do the 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 work on courses we have two course saws and we go for Baco bow saws okay yeah so they're like metal frame the red they have metal a clip frame, yeah <laughs> and a, a big old blade and they're really efficient and they work great and you don't have to worry about them they're tough and so that's another option they're yeah. really good uh, you could strap that to the outside of the pack have a little plastic cover for the blade that's it and that's another option that i hadn't even thought of until now yeah and i'll tell
0: you what actually to um maybe as a little tip to kind of leave it on i've uh, discovered as blade protectors for saws the um, kind of little plastic um, filing sheaths so you know the ones that you can get like a wad of 10 or 20 pages and you get a little plastic thing and you push yes. it over the end yep and it holds it together in like a makeshift book
1: right yeah got you
0: um, and it's just like a, a plastic spine on the end those on blades or saw blades work well beautiful
1: nice yeah that's a good tip my dad's made some with a router or some some machine that he's got in his workshop where he basically gets a, a thin bit of wood and he cuts a kerf just yes. wide enough for the the blades go in yeah, so gorgeous. you can make your own in the workshop uh, i'm not not sure exactly how he does it maybe at some point we'll get my dad on an episode and he can explain his wizardry i'd really enjoy that um but yeah yeah at some point in the future uh, probably not for a while uh, but at some point we'll definitely see if he wants to come and have a chat to us that'd be
0: awesome so um yeah definitely tell us if you guys started conventionally with a laplander or dive straight into the world of silkies saws. Um, like tom got an adventure sworn or um yeah what what did you start with did you go out like my good friend josh who was on uh, episode four of the wodesman um he sometimes even goes out with like a just a normal wood saw you know
1: like a, yeah. an Owen wood saw he had one last time yeah. they worked great
0: yeah it was perfect does the job a saw is a saw in uh, in that sense, um, sometimes with the teeth pattern, let's say if it was a finishing saw, you're going to have a hell of a time cutting up some <laughs> hornbeam. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's there's so much more we could say. We could we could go into like tips and tricks for safe use and things like that. But I think let's save that. We can we can talk about that in the future. There's there's lots of things that you can do to to maximize your efficiency and your safety. Um, yeah, I think one thing is just.
0: To as a as a general bit of advice is um, yeah don't have your saw if it's a folding one facing with the opening upwards in your bag so if it does come open you're not putting your hand down in there yeah um, and uh, another one keep your hand away from it when you're starting the initial cut so it doesn't jump up
1: absolutely it's uh, especially with a the bow saw they can really jump so just be aware where your hand is that you can do a trick where you actually put your you, you put your arm through it. the yeah. bow saw, mm-hmm. um, so that stops the the blade jumping up. Yeah, you're actually
0: grabbing the log through the, the bow through saw. Through the bow saw. Yeah. Um,
1: maybe watch some videos on that. It's hard to explain that like over audio only. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is there's a, t- a tip where you can put your arm through to grab the log, so that the the uh, the blade can't jump up because your arm will stop it. Yeah. Um, also, you can put once the the blade has disappeared into the log. You can put your thumb on the cut on top so that the blade can't jump out because your thumb's over the top of it. That does work quite well.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, be careful with silkies, um, you know, just on that lateral kind of sideways movement. Uh, Try not to have too much pinching. um, And also, you know, they're really good and sharp, but we're not knocking them at all. Uh, Rate them really highly. Um, it's just kind of a word of caution for bushcrafters out there because yeah. we don't want to see you bitten like us.
1: That's it. I mean, my uh, my backhoe is is really bent. I've actually like bent it back a couple of times <laughs> because I just I use them without really. I, I use them to to get a job done. You know, I, I'm not I'm not super precious about them. I just use them to get the job done. And if you if you have that mindset, there there are going to be times when your saw does bend. Yes. Um, even if you try not to Uh, so yeah just be safe keep your hands well away don't cut into your legs or anything (laughs) yeah please no cut away from your body same with any sharp tool just be aware of where that blade's going to go once the the cut has been made
0: yeah and the thing is with the saw it's kind of more it's not a clean cut it's a it can they can be real tears so yes (laughs) hard to fix that's
1: it (laughs) and also you can it can cut if say you have a, a piece of oak and the bottom is really punky and rotten. And you start soaring through the top and you're really giving it some welly and the wood is like rock. It's like not going anywhere. As Soon as you hit that punk, your blade's gonna chew through that in a second. Yeah. And if your hand's on the other side of that log, you're going to be in a serious world of hurt so just always keep your hands well away from the blade yeah be sensible basically have a first
0: aid kit when you are using one
1: (laughs) yep we both have plasters on today (laughs) uh and my first aid kit came in handy didn't
0: it (laughs) yeah i mean we were um discussing what first aid kit to bring i said to tom that mine was a little bit lacking on a few things i need to top it up so he brought his which was well stocked and uh, came in a right treat and it will be there for the rest of the trip so
1: thank you mate <laughs> no absolutely and i think that probably is a great introductory episode into the world of saws there's there's so much we could talk about we could get someone who's a real expert on on saws we're just hobbyists we we use our saws a lot yeah like i use a saw almost every day when i'm carving liam uses his saws all the time
0: yeah uh, even you know even in brickwork we use um masonry saws which it like saws with tungsten and tips but i won't get into that but yeah like you said they're versatile tools and um you know not not an essential part of a bushcraft kit but a really bloody handy one hey
1: yeah and for people like doing we did bow drill today for people who are carving the notch often the hardest thing some people prefer to use a saw to cut that notch in yep. now i personally prefer a knife because yep. it gives me more control
0: but they can really aid in that in that notch cutting i know especially for beginners who, who are working on that even just getting the notch at first understanding a bow drill set
1: that's it so they, they definitely have a really important place in your kit i personally think that no tool should be on its own in no. my opinion it should be a trio at least of tools you should have a knife a saw and an axe or some form of splitting utensil yes so it could be a fro. it could be a knife with a thick spine like we yeah. I my knife is a five mil spine that i'm wearing at the moment yep, that's brilliant mine. i could batten with that it's, it's perfectly perfectly fine your gill pin is a tank and you can batten <laughs> like a log like huge yeah, log I mean, with that absolutely
0: that's true true through a few bigger hornbeam logs and just with ease yeah.
1: yeah so so i personally think it's all in a balance between different tools like yeah have to have
0: have them um have them there to help your journey um you know and you know you don't want to be hindered by
1: just taking one <laughs> no it can be done yeah it can but it's easier if you have a fleet of of the right tools yeah absolutely awesome well we have uh just started a little beer yep it's, to... it? it's a new england pale ale it is so it's called wilderness by Abbeydale brewery um really nice little beer this uh, nice light one We ha- we haven't brought many beers because we're doing a bit of a sort of a real real deal with this trip we're yep. like we're carrying everything that that we carry that's it in on our backs like the food yeah, is just is proper. It seriously didn't we absolutely so we, we've only carried in like two beers two beers a night yep. um and it added a bit of weight to our packs but actually as a little treat for working hard today it, it's it's a nice thing to look forward to in the
0: yeah it's really done really really uh, done the job because that is a good drop really tasty it certainly
1: is we need to have like a little intro to our, our beer beer discussion on each episode yeah if uh, anyone's uh, got any <laughs> ideas for little jingles or anything send it in <laughs> it's beer time it's beer time <laughs> right well we hope you guys have a wonderful uh, week and enjoy the outdoors as much as you possibly can in that time yeah and we will see you on our next episode
0: and definitely send us what your first saw was absolutely